You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Okay. From one uh, level of government that's in big trouble to another. Just over an hour ago, opposition leader Andrea Horvath here in Ontario called for a full public inquiry into what she called Doug Ford's meddling in the OPP, in the hiring of his friend Ron Taverner as OPP commissioner, and the firing of former deputy commissioner Brad Blair, who blew the whistle on it. Now, it's not the only problem the PC government is running into. There's also this related story about him wanting a tricked-out luxury van uh, and the fallout from the changes to autism funding, which probably is a more serious thing. So uh, is there anyone out there who is losing confidence in the Ford government? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's bring in Mike Van Solen from Navigator. Hi, Mike. Hi, Libby. Great to join you. Okay, great to have you. Uh, so uh, how serious is this problem? for the Ford government? Um, look, I, I think it's uh, a lot is being made out of it, but I think they are managing it well. They, uh, When some concerns were raised, the government immediately uh, turned it over to the integrity commissioner to investigate. That investigation is ongoing. Um, they uh, turned it over with respect to Mr. Blair. They turned it over to the Public Service Commission um, and the, uh, the interim commissioner to, to uh, look at it. The, uh, ultimately, the deputy minister um, and the Public Service Commission independently uh, made a decision that resulted in Mr. Blair's termination. So, um, you know, I'm not seeing the the political fingerprints on this that others are suggesting. Um, uh, And so um, we'll see. Uh, We'll see where it goes and how big of an issue it it ultimately is. Um, I think it pales in comparison to what we're seeing up the road in Ottawa. Um, But uh, uh, there's some important issues at stake. But uh, but where the rubber really hits the road, it, it, it strikes me that the, the government's trying to do the, the right thing. Kim, do you agree with that? Shockingly, no. <laughs> um, so, and part of it is managing his the premier's own expectations. When you talk about him having a vehicle to travel around the province, no one would begrudge him that. But the way he framed it was, I'm going to go get a used van or I'm going to go around the province. Great, except for that when we see the specs on it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like a man cave on wheels. It's fantastic. And I think most people would love to travel the province in it. But it wasn't the fact that he had this, as you call it, tricked out van. All of these things make sense. Have a TV in it so you can see what's happening. Have chairs for your staff. Be comfortable. It is a long way to a lot of places in this province, uh, having traveled with politicians for years. But it's again, it's the framing of this. The Tavner stuff, it isn't about whether or not he happens to know the Ford family and has known the Ford family for a generation. It is about how specs got changed to accommodate uh, someone without who hadn't run a force before. 
and and that's where people are like, how do you leave the OPP without ever having actually run a, a police force? It's not again. It's again. It's much like SNC. It's not necessarily what happened with the with the substantive parts of it. It's how you maintain the communication strategy, the messaging, and how whether it passes a smell test. The way you're phrasing it. So here's uh, my take on it. Uh, the van stuff. I don't, I don't even get why, why that's an issue. I mean, yeah, so maybe he was a little hypocritical about the way he put it out. I, that's hardly a scandal. I, I don't begrudge him his tricked out van if that's what he wants. He's the premier. However, um, the, the real crux of the other thing is, you know, the police are supposed to be independent. And if he quote interfered, then it's a little worrying because what else is he going to get involved in? And, and I don't know, to me, Mike, that has a certain parallel with what's happening in Ottawa because they're interfering in justice. Do you see it that way at all, Mike? I, look, I, I don't see the parallels. Uh, the, these uh, these situations are on completely different scales um, uh, as far as what what's uh, what's involved. The um, the, uh, the the premier, the Ontario government, has turned this over to the integrity commissioner to look at uh, exactly uh, you know what what has happened to date. They um, you know if uh, the, the the reality is there are people who serve at the pleasure of the crown. Um, I think uh, they will look at that process. Um, this suggests that uh, Mr. Tavener is uh, you know some sort of, like beat beat cop uh, who has no experience sort of managing uh, large groups of people is a mistake. Um, he's had a long and distinguished career, and uh, the uh, ultimately the government will, will make, a, make a proper decision on this and look to get the right person in place. This isn't about trying to pervert justice. Uh, this is simply a process to make sure we put the uh, you know best person possible in place uh, at the head of the OPP. And, um, you know, while the, uh, the other parties are playing politics with this and, and trying to make more out of the, uh, you know, the van issue, for example, than, than there really is. Um, I think we just let the process play out. We've had an independent public service commission who, who made the decision decision yesterday with respect to Brad Blair. Uh, we're going to have the independent uh, integrity commissioner look to make sure all the procedures are proper um, around the hiring of a new OPP commissioner. Uh, those are all processes free of political interference. But Mike, and we'll see where we boil down to fundamentally a question of appropriate pressure. And if we're talking about this with the with the Prime Minister, we certainly need to talk about it with the Premier. You know, yes, he wasn't part of the hiring committee, but he certainly made it known who he would prefer to have in the job. That's the questions people are asking. What is appropriate pressure? When does it go into playing politics versus good public service? And again, the question of Mr. Blair, you know, is he being a whistleblower and a, a canary in the coal mine, if you will? Or, you know, is he now being shoved out of or, the way or insubordinate that or, becomes a question or sour grapes and speaking of insubordinate we've got to take a quick break but we're going to look into that whole issue with uh we're going to bring in employment lawyer Sunira chowdhury but first we've got to take this break and we will be back with all of you after you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with... 
Kim Wright from Wright Strategies, Mike Van Solen from Navigator, and we are bringing in Sunira Chowdhury, who is a lawyer with Levitt LLP Employment and Labor Law. Welcome, Sunira. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, the word insubordination was mentioned, and there's been a huge hue and cry first that Jody Wilson-Raybould was fired from Cabinet. Uh, or demoted. Uh, and now, because the deputy commissioner, Brad Blair, who blew the whistle and, and made a big stink about all this, fired. But I'm just wondering, aren't both of these things insubordination? And I know that in the private sector, that's actually one of the few things that constitutes cause for firing somebody. And I can tell you that if there was a big, huge issue, and I didn't really didn't want to do something my boss wanted me to do, there would be a problem. Well, you're right. I, I, I think the issue that, uh, that we're going to see play out here is whether or not it's going to hold up the reason for the termination of, of Blair here, uh, what, what's being um, relied on is, is essentially that he uh, released confidential information, including internal OPP documents, um, to to the ombudsman, and whether or not that was insubordination, whether or not that was going too far in his whistleblowing acts. Now, I think we are in a, in a consciousness now, anyway, that really accepts whistleblowers, and there's always been this. Uh, sort of push to protect whistleblowers, especially in the workplace. Now, what Brad Blair has done is he has made this uh, complaint to the Ombudsman pursuant to Section 14 of that of the Ombudsman Act, which allows the Ombudsman to step in to conduct an investigation. And frankly, being at the top of the OPP as, as he was at the time, um, there there could have been potentially no other place for him to go. That's probably what his position is going to be. The real question is, could uh, Brad Blair have gone anywhere else internally before he went external. Because I think given his rank, given, given his place within the OPP, there would be a certain level of expectation that you have to exhaust your avenues internally to uh, to effect some kind of change to seek a remedy prior to going outside and potentially spilling some of the OPP's secrets. Uh, Mike, uh, do you agree with us that treating this entirely as a whistleblower thing or do Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau have the right to have key people who are on their side? Um, but, I mean, there are different matters uh, with uh, with the prime minister. Uh, you, you know, you have the right to form cabinet. And you have the right to put people in 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 the cabinet. You have confidence in. So, um, you know, that is a uh, a feature of of uh, the Westminster system, and uh, and that's one thing. I, I think what's happening with the Ford government, uh, you know, is sort of a different matter. Uh, you know, while it's an appointment to uh, uh, you know to to head up the OPP. This is different than being a cabinet minister, uh, but I still think it's important that the the crown has the right to have confidence in the people they put into these appointed positions. Uh, they had an independent process that came forward with a recommendation, um, and, and that's how we sort of found ourselves in in this space. Um, but you know, I think it's uh, you know, I don't I don't think that Mr. Blair is in the world of whistleblowing, and there were probably were remedies available to him uh, before he decided to. Um, 
uh, you know, go against the obligations he had under the conflict of interest regulations. Uh, you know, uh, you know, under the public service uh, under the public service act, and he and he violated that oath of office that he had took. Um, so I think it really is important, and, and I guess we'll find out in due course whether he uh, availed himself of, of all the opportunities to raise his uh, uh, concerns appropriately. Um, and and lucky for us, I guess as Ontarians, there's a couple independent processes that are going to play out and that are going to uh, sort of provide us with an answer. Uh, let's bring in Taras Nadishak, who is the NDP MPP for Essex. And so you've heard about all these processes that are underway. The Ethics Commissioner, uh, your leader, has called for a full public inquiry. What would that add to this, in your view? Well, I think it would add a measure of transparency that, uh, you know, the public is, is clamoring for at this moment. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've just seen too many red flags throughout the process and, and throughout the timeline of, of how we got to this place. I mean, from the outset, we saw uh, a, uh, a, an intervention, political meddling on the part of uh, the Ford government and some of his uh, executive staff to lower the standards uh, to which the OPP commissioner would be uh, nominated or accepted as a as a candidate. Uh, that certainly raised red flags with us, and it did so outside of the political realm. Uh, even the uh, former uh, OPP commissioner, uh, Chris Lewis, uh, who was being replaced, uh, you know, raised uh, concerns around how the process had been uh, degraded. And uh, I think that's, you know, what we're seeing is a culmination of people who know how uh, the uh, the process should should ensue, uh, who stood up and said, this is not, it's not adequate, it doesn't uh, maintain the integrity and the standards, the ethical standards of, uh, of the OPP and the appointment process. And, uh, you know, we've seen uh, the Ford government, uh, you know, try to try to block every uh, measure of accountability along the way, and it ultimately ended up with the you know threats throughout the timeline towards uh, uh, not only uh, Commissioner Lewis but uh, uh, Brad Blair, and also now his his firing. Uh, it's something that I think raises. Uh, some serious questions, and that's why our leader, Andrew Horvath, has called for a full public inquiry today uh, into uh, what's happening around this. Kim, is it your sense that the public is clamoring for more on this? What people people have asked a lot of questions. Uh, you know, every time there's a media story around the history and how this particular officer got uh, promoted to the potential position of OPP commissioner, there have been questions. Now, I think it's entirely appropriate to appoint who you want, but when you're in a process to then change the specs of the process, it raises flags for people. And we want to make sure that our police, above all else are free from the politics of things. And I know that sounds a bit Pollyanna, but, you know, and also when we start talking about ethics commissioners looking at things, the same reason that we have a question about tomorrow's hearing with Jerry Butts around whether or not they're under oath or not and how those will unfold is the same reason why Justin Trudeau is saying, oh, well, the, the ethics commissioner federally is looking at this. This isn't a pair of Ray-Bans. This is ethics. This is potential anything. The ethics commissioner federally we, has a very limited mandate. We need to make sure that judicial inquiries, we're getting to the bottom of this because Ontarians require transparency in the police force and the way that our governance structures are run. Sanira, um, Mike brought up, you know, is this guy a whistleblower or not? Uh, how high is the bar for that? Well, anybody who 
who leaks confidential information for a cause of some kind, and I don't know if a tricked-out van is the hill you want to die on, but whatever. Um, But when it comes to even the investigation process, that's a bigger-ticket item, could be found to be sort of a whistleblower here. Are these going to be the topics that Canadians really rally behind and really want to see come to a, you know, a, a, a fair conclusion? That's sort of left uh, for us to decide. But I think the two major issues here that any lawyer that might ultimately represent Brad Blair in this, two major issues that I think the government will have to deal with. One is the firing itself is going to be seen as a retaliation for him whistleblowing. That's, uh, that, that is the first sort of major issue, major hurdle the government is going to quickly have to figure out how to defend because terminating him in the midst of all of this, in the midst of his long opus to um, the ombudsman, if you read his complaint, it, it is, it's very, very, uh, it, it's significant. And to, to terminate him that so quickly after is going to be a big deal. The second issue, of course, is the investigation itself. Who is the one who called for the investigation into Brad Blair? Who's the one who decided to terminate him? Because as we know, um, just earlier, the community safety minister, Sylvia Jones, says at first she didn't know the reason for his firing, and then an hour later had a lot of information about why he was fired. So again, the fact that there was there seemed to be um, sort of a... a, a definitely some kind of instruction not to talk about the reasons for the termination or whether or not she actually knew, it it raises questions about who directed this. And if there was some direction, of course, that smells like political interference. Okay, and Mike, do you think this has the potential to blow up more than it is already, or do you think they have a, a good handle on handling it? I think we have to sort of see where this goes. Uh, I think the integrity commissioner's uh, report is going to be really important. Uh, we need to understand whether he's a whistleblower or someone who just had sour grapes because he wanted the job and he saw himself. Uh, he saw that he might uh, get leapfrogged uh, to that position. Did get um, leapfrogged. <laughs> so, 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 uh, look. I think we we let it play out a little bit. Uh, this to be a, a scandal, I think, would certainly need more oxygen than it currently has. Uh huh. Uh, Kim, you agree? I suspect it would have had a lot more oxygen yesterday had it not been for Dr. Philpott's uh, resignation, uh, taking over every uh, front page. But it's all this in- entirety of what's happening uh, at Queen's Park. Even if you go back, at least, you know, if if I'm Minister McLeod today, I'm thankful you're not. we're not talking about autism and the fact that, you know, we'll just give people iPads and call it a day uh, to help care for your autistic children. They would much rather try to defend a $50,000 tricked-out van as opposed to some of their other challenges, including how are you going to make sure people in healthcare and especially in the autistic community are able to get uh, services where they live and in an effective and efficient manner without going bankrupt. Okay, and uh, with that, uh, we're basically out of time. So I would like to thank you all. Taras Nadishak, NDP MPP from Essex. Sanira Chowdhury, who's a lawyer with Levitt LLP, Employment and Labor Law. Mike Van Solen, Principal at Navigator. And Kim Wright from Wright Strategies. Thank you all so much. These things, wow, you know, you can't walk away for a minute without having something happen. So we will revisit. Visit all of this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.